Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road on Holy Monday, or Monday and Holy Week, depending on how you refer to it. Over the weekend, we didn't see any new intentions coming to the inbox, and I encourage you to change that. Go ahead and send your intentions and prayer requests of any kind, of any nature. Questions, comments, anything that you have on your mind that you'd like to share with us here, you can send those in to dailydecadrequests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. And we'll just be, I'll just be delighted to have an opportunity to pray for you and those that you care about. Uh, anyone that's uh, that's in your life, whether it's an immediate need or whether it's something more in general, something you wish I'd, I would touch upon uh, when I'm praying for people on the general intentions, uh, anything of that nature, I encourage you to send those in. And of course, any comments on the show, the show, the, the on the broadcast, its format, anything like that. How, how often I stumble over my own words. Should I have a script? It doesn't really matter to me. I, I just would really love to know uh, what could make this reach further uh, and what could bring more people to, to pray their rosary every day, which is one of the surest things to draw people to God that's out there. And it doesn't matter whether you're a, a Catholic, whether you're Eastern Orthodox or some other Eastern form of Christianity or any kind of Eastern religion at all, whether you're a Protestant, one of the many, many different forms of Protestantism, pray the rosary every day and draw closer to Christ through this devotion to the Mother of God. It will change your spirituality, your religion, and your life. It will bring about what the Greeks referred to as, and what the early church called a, a metanoia. In English, we call that conversion. It's really a bad word to use to describe it because it it does. It's not just a not just a, a minor change. In English, you say conversion. You can convert something. I can convert my the car I'm driving right now into a convertible by cutting off the the top of it. It would still, in all, uh, it, well, <laughs> and that conversion wouldn't necessarily look so great. But I could. It, it would be a conversion. And but the whole thing would still function you know it would still be the same make the same model it would still require the same oil in the engine it would give me the same gas mileage i'd just be colder i'd probably have to work turn the heat on more often the that's a conversion metanoia is a complete turning it is a full change uh uh, a, a total purification or a total corruption it is an essential alteration it's as if I took my car and turned it into I don't know a, a pool heater or something you could do that you know you just run the car and you run the tubes that go through the coolant you just add a couple extra tubes and run them up through the through the pool redneck engineering that would be a, a more, it would change the, the essence of the machine and how the machine functions. It wouldn't drive me anywhere. You know, a better example would be, I've seen people do this, use the rear wheel of a, of a car, set up the, a car engine and the axle. You know, you set up the chassis, 
and you use it to run machinery instead of actually driving the car. People don't do this with motorcycles sometimes too. Uh, anything you need a gear for. That's a fundamental change to the essential working of the uh, of the, of the vehicle in question, of the machine in question. That's a metanoia. Christianity demands in all of us a metanoia, and the rosary will bring that about in your life. So I encourage you to pray your rosary every day, even if it's just a decade with us here now. But after you're done, I would encourage you to take that decade and, and make it part of a full rosary. And whatever the mystery of the day is, even if I don't, even whatever the mysteries are, even if I don't remark on them today, they happen to be joyful. Pray the first joyful mystery when you pray with us, and then pray all the others. And pray the sorrowful. And the, and the glorious, too. And pray them all. St. Louis de Montfort says to pray all 15 decades every day. That's an undertaking. But pray it every day, and it will change you. It will truly give you light to read your sins by, and to read your virtues by, and perfect them. Just like a carpenter can take a a two by four and a good one. You can take a two by four and a better one. If y'all have ever watched those videos on YouTube of the wood turning, you can take a stump and turn it into a coffee cup. And one that looks really good too. But you need the machine to turn at the right speed. You need the light to see by. And the rosary allows you to do that with your own soul. So pray the rosary every day. Since we don't have any special intentions, I'd like to pray today, uh, because today is uh, the first day in Holy Week, which historically and traditionally commemorates the driving of the money changers from the temple. And so I think today it would be very appropriate, given the world that we live in and everything that's going on to pray for anyone who's been a victim of usury anyone who's trapped in debt slavery uh, anyone who is who is struggling with debt at all uh, there's a, a degree of responsibility tied to debt of course but our society is one which encourages it and to the to the detriment both spiritual and material of the people that enter debt there's always some magic solution attached to lending and there is no lending done today that is not done at interest, which means there is no lending done today, which by the standards of the church at the time of Trent would not be considered sinful. There's no lending, no banking done today that by the standards of the church would not be considered sinful. And that's a... Once you come to that realization, that's kind of a... Well, it, it hits you kind of like a shovel to the gut uh, when you think about how the entire global system is set up. So I want to pray, it's not a political statement, not, a, not really even an economic statement. I just want to pray for anybody who's struggling with debt, and particularly struggling with debt uh, because of the uh, ex because of excessive excessive usury. Today is a Monday, so we'll pray in Latin today. Oh, and one more thing I almost forgot. 
a bit of housekeeping. We're, there's only going to be four daily decades this week. On Good Friday, I have to apologize, and I'm sure everyone will understand, so I suppose I, I may not even need to apologize, but Friday is Good Friday. That will be a day of, of devotion. I won't be spending any time online at all. I've already scheduled a post to go out on the Telegram channel. I've told everybody, don't, don't touch the Telegram channel, don't touch Gab, nothing. Get offline. On Good Friday, there's only one place that you need to be, either physically or in your heart, and that is before a crucifix in the sanctuary. That's it. That's the only place you need to be. Now, for the Eastern Christians listening in on this, if you happen to be on the other, on the Eastern Pascalion, I understand this is not Good Friday for you, but the same holds true for you. On Friday of Holy Week, the only thing any of us should be doing is contemplating what happened on the first Good Friday. And so we won't be publishing anything that day. So there's only going to be four shows this week, just so you know, heads up, so you're aware. Now, let's turn our minds to God. Today's a Monday, we'll pray in Latin, and we'll pray for all of those who are victims of usury and suffering in debt slavery. In nomine Patris, Fidii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Ceris, sanctificere nomen Tuum, adveniat regnum Tuum, fiat voluntas Tua, sicut in Cielo et in Terra, Parum Nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita Nostra, sicut et nos diminimus debitoribus Nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, Nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, 
Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicurerat principio, et nunc, et semper, et saecula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dulcedo et Spes Nostre, Salve. Ad te clamamos, exulis filiaevi, ad te suspiramos, gementes et flentes in hac lac romanum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, inos tuas misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et Jesum, viatum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. Clemens, al dulci vergo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta de genetrix, ut dignis officiamor promissionibus Christi. Oremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Nicholas, patron of merchants, of sailors, of all who deal and transact in coin, St. Matthew, the publican, converted by Christ, we pray for your intercession that those engaged in banking and all pecuniary undertakings might be inspired by the Holy Ghost to have mercy on those who are in their power and to turn away from the wicked practice of usury and to seek equity and God's justice in all of their financial dealings. And this with the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is purity itself, to purify the minds and transactions of all who deal in finance 
towards the freedom due responsibility of those currently under their power and the health, safety, well-being of all those for whom they are responsible and that all of us slave and free poor and rich may be drawn upwards to the treasures of the heavenly kingdom all this in the name of Jesus Christ the only Son of God who liveth and reigneth with the Father and the Holy Ghost one God world without end Amen for all of us in our daily battles, great and small, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sacratissimum Coriezu, miserere nomis. Sacratissimum Coriezu, miserere nomis. Sacratissimum Coriezu. I very regret. Nobody patches if he needs but to Santi. Amen. Isn't it terrible how we have to watch our language these days? I use the word equity in that prayer, which really should mean nothing to people, but now it's like so many words been so abused to political purpose that one might begin to guess at my political leanings. It's a sad thing, I think, that one cannot pray for a certain group of people without having that cloud hanging over oneself. Not that I think anyone listening to this in the regular audience would have any doubts as to my meaning or intent, but it's rather a, something dwelling inside of me. <laughs> which rather segues very nicely into what it was that was on my mind today, which is selfishness. I had an absolutely marvelous experience last week uh, as I was going through uh, a drive through I had my kids in the car, and I was just getting something quick for all of us, some drinks for all of us. And I, uh, I had come to, I was running, I was about to run some errands. I had come to the conclusion, or come to the realization that I had left my wallet at home on the, uh, on the dresser. I come up to the window, and I said, I, you know, I, I feel, I've just got egg on my face. I, I don't have any money at all, and I didn't even realize it when I came up to the, uh, to the speaker. Uh, you have, please do forgive me for that and uh, and the girl said here just take it and just handed the whole thing to me now my wife had remarked to me you know they're probably just going to throw the food out it's better to just give it to you than throw it away and that's true but they could have just thrown it away certainly plenty of food gets thrown away especially from restaurants it would take them nothing to t I, if they dumped it all down the drain and washed the cups out who would know now I doubt that they would do it and health concerns and all that, but really, who would know? They could have taken all the food and all the drink and just tossed it in the trash. They didn't, though. And what that was was an act of selflessness on the on the part of the manager, who happened to be the person at the window. She was the one that was in, running everything and in charge of everything there. 
and it's a it's an illustration really of one of these things that we don't really think about a whole lot which is selfishness and and unselfishness now it's one thing to be selfless you know uh, when we say selflessness usually what we're talking about is something great and uh, I was re-watching one of the Lord of the Rings films with my family as well and uh, you know it's there's several speeches in there that talk about heroism and great deeds and and that's it's wonderful it absolutely fills your heart up you know but most of us are not engaged in that sort of thing now, as we draw closer to the situation that we're in right now I think most of us will find that we're at some point in our lifetimes we're going to be in situations like those where we do have to make big decisions uh, and we do have to face great we are facing great evils right now it's a it's a big thing that we're facing down but for the most part our virtues are not practiced in crisis our virtues are practiced day to day and our evils likewise are not great evils we're not villains in the real sense of the word our evils and our temptations are mundane they're day to day there's a horrible book with a great title uh, called The Banality of Evil and the book is absolute hogwash because it looks at authoritarian governments in the 20th century as though they're some kind of zenith of human evil. Anyone with a long view of human history recognizes just how much of a drop in the bucket they are. Um, and also uh, how, uh, how universal vice was in those conflicts in the 20th century. But uh, laying that aside, because that is political, the title of the book actually does hit upon something that is true, and that is that evil is banal, or banal, I don't know what the proper pronunciation of it is. The only people I ever hear using it are British, and they all say banal, so banal. Um, it is, and it's often, it's often very petty as well. Uh, you have to think about Judas, and this is a reflection that will come up later on in the week as well. Judas always had doubts about Christ. He was never truly attached to him in the full sense. And over time, his faith in him was worn down. Tomorrow, we'll commemorate the cursing of the fig tree, which really shook Judas. According to the fathers of the church, it really it, that, was a, that was a turning point. But the real breaking point for Judas was the uh, spilling of the ointment that cost 300 pieces of silver, or he had, he adduced that they would have fetched 300 pieces of silver, that are broken over the feet of Christ when he dines at the house of Simon the leper. Now, most people, and I, I'm, a, I'm among them, passed over this particular point, not even thinking about it. And Bishop Sheen highlights it. He notices that the bottle of ointment that is spilled is adduced by, uh, or assessed, by Judas at 300 pieces of silver, roughly three, a hundred times, uh, ten times more, excuse me, ten times more than how much he valued our Lord. And it's said in the gospel itself that Judas was stealing from the apostolic purse. Well, he wouldn't have taken the whole 300, what was due to him. Well, <laughs> in Jewish law, 
what is owed to the temple is 10% of one's earnings, or a tithe. Judas, it's easy to surmise, was taking about 10% of everything that was dropped into the apostolic purse went towards his personal expenses. And so, having been deprived of the 300 pieces of silver that that ointment would have fetched, what does he do? He goes and he sells Christ for 30 pieces of silver, 10%. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then, just to get back at Christ, just to get back at Jesus, the Iscariot goes and claims his 10%. So, well, if I can't have the 300 in the bag, I'm going to have my 30 pieces of silver. That's petty. That's really petty. But evil is petty. And selfishness is petty. But most acts of unselfishness are also small and occur in the day-to-day. When we encounter one another in any circumstance, it could be a completely random circumstance, usually is, there's always a selfish and a selfless way to behave. This is especially true in marriage. For some reason this week I had a lot of quarrels with my wife. I don't mean to keep turning. It's ironic, I think. I keep turning to my own experiences as I'm talking about this. Normally I'm able to call up some writer or something like that but today for some reason turning back to myself I had a lot I had a few quarrels with my wife this week I don't mind saying publicly I'm not proud of them uh, but they they were there and most of them were over having time to myself space to myself uh, a bubbling over of certain resentments and it's selfish and it's petty But you know, the unselfishness that would counter it would also be small. It's just giving your time. You know, every man, no matter what, I know there's a couple of articles that talk about how happy marriage is, the men don't, you know, they don't do the the cleaning, the cooking and the cleaning. But every man should have a chore list. Every woman should too, but usually she doesn't have to work too hard to assemble it if she's a good wife. They just, the chore list presents itself. (laughs) But every man should have a chore list. The pioneers that crossed this country and were able to subdue it and turn it into something that was worth, really worth looking at before it was turned into something that's not worth looking at at all. uh, They all had tasks that they did every day as just part of their day to day. And they didn't have things to themselves. One of my favorite books in the world, which I recommend to everybody who's become a father, whether spiritual or physical, is uh, Bishop Sheen's A Priest Is Not His Own. And I think what holds true of the priestly vocation, while it is unique, is applicable to all men. Masculinity demands of us that we are not our own. Now, this doesn't mean running yourself down and letting your wife run the house. That's, no, that's the opposite of what a Christian household should be. Uh, Obviously, you have authority. To be a man is to have authority. If you don't have authority, you're either a child or a woman. And 
men who willingly surrender their authority in the household don't deserve it to begin with. To be a man is to be decisive, to make uh, decisions with authority, and to stand by them no matter what the result of those decisions are. That's masculinity. And so it follows that a man who makes little of himself and sacrifices of himself is not a doormat or what we're called with the he doesn't look like he dines exclusively on soy uh, he's driven by the things that make a man but he gives all of himself to those around him for whom he's responsible it's a daily selflessness it's not standing in front of your family and taking the bullet that's certainly selfless but it's a selflessness that I, I pray God most of us never ever have to confront our selflessness is day to day our temptation to selfishness is day to day and if we are doing our examination of conscience every day and this is something I think everybody should do no matter what your confession or creed if we're doing our examination of conscience every day we should reflect on how many opportunities we had to offer something to someone else, offer time, offer energy, spare a thought, say a prayer, so that our mind, when it returns to ourselves, only examines the growth of our virtues and the decrease of our vices, or the current situation in which we find ourselves in relationship to our vices. Hopefully they're decreasing. If they're not, then at least we're aware of it and just fighting against it. If we make that effort, on a daily basis in our examination of conscience to look at ourselves and say of myself how much have I kept today and have I kept it because the opportunity was not there to spend it because if if you keep yourself because you don't have an opportunity to spend it that's another thing there are great men who go forth and look for opportunities to spend themselves St. John Chrysostom said if you don't see Christ and the beggar at the door then you won't see him in the chalice either it's and, and when we see those opportunities, we empty ourselves. We have an opportunity to empty ourselves. But you're not at the church door every day, so you're not seeing the beggar every day, are you? And some days that he's not there. So the opportunity's not always there. And if we haven't emptied ourselves because the opportunity hasn't presented itself, that's not a reason to run yourself down. Perhaps you should reflect on it, but it doesn't make you evil. There's loads of people that just look for opportunities to do good things so other people can see them. Uh, that's a form of selfishness, too. So don't necessarily go out seeking to do charity. But when the opportunity presents itself to be a little bit less to yourself and a little bit more to another, well, that's an opportunity to be selfless in a small way, a quotidian way, a mundane way that challenges the mundanity and the banality and the pettiness of selfishness and evil. And there's also a degree of shrugging off offenses. That's probably the most selfless thing you can do, the most common selfless thing you can do on a day-to-day. -day. It's just shrugging off the insults. The world insults you, and God uses other human beings to humble you. And so, today, when our Lord drives forth greed and selfishness from the temple 
to open up the courtyard of the Gentiles so that all of us can go and worship God in light and grace and truth. It's a good, uh, my prayer today is that all of us in our examination of conscience will have revealed to us the degree to which we are selfish in our daily dealings and the opportunities that are available for us to be selfless in our daily dealings as a matter of penance to make up for the great sin of Judas and all the sins that we've committed throughout our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.